0: Get your little notebook out. Yeah, hold on. I got to get closer. We're going to need to start over. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) Moved like a (laughs) centimeter. Hi, welcome to episode three. This is Annie and Mari. We should disclaim that the last episode we recorded was after like two hours in the car and listening to the album maybe one and a half times and we were very tired. So the episode for today is going to be a rehash of the first 13 tracks of Midnight. Now that we've really had a time to sit with them, learn them, be with them, deduce their essence, and then we're going to talk about (laughs) the bonus tracks. And then we are going to talk about the fact that the next Taylor's version has been pretty much confirmed, if our delusions are to be believed. Uh, And as of today, today, a tour has been announced for which Annie was able to get Signed up for the access. The one and only registered individual in our little cohort of Swifties, I, you could say, am our only hope. So let's let's do the pledge. Let's get the pledge out of the way. Get it out of the way. To the pledge. We are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift. We are not here to talk about who Taylor Swift has dated, or what size pants she wears, or her red carpets looks. Red carpet looks. Red carpets looks. Although she does continuously slay. Slay. She is her own person and deserves privacy and the ability to date who she wants, wear what she wants, and be whoever the fuck she wants. We are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift, which is immaculate. We also reserve the right to hate some of her songs and scream at each other about it. In solidarity, ladies. Ladies. All right, track number one, Lavender Haze." This is a bomb ass name for a song. Yeah. I think this is the coolest song title on this album possibly that she's ever had. I don't know why, I can't explain why I like it so much, but just something about seeing Lavend- track one, Lavender Haze, is perfect. My thoughts from the last episode though, I will hold true to, which was I wanted more. I kept waiting for it to build to something more. I wanted more, when she does the like, Lavender Haze, and she like goes up and it like augments her voice. And it sounds exactly like that. I, I wanted it to be built to something more than it did. I think you're wrong. <laughs> Really? I love the song. I think it's a bop. I think it's a such a strong start. Here's where I put Lavender Haze. Every time I listen to it, I love it. Is it the first song I go to? No. But every time I listen to it, am I like sick of it or skip halfway through? Never. Interesting. It's a bop. Is a bop. It's a bop. If it comes on, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah. But I just when it gets to that you know, talk your talk and go viral. I just need this love spiral. Get it off your chest. <laughs> get, get it off my desk. desk. I just want more. I wanted Cruel Summer production on Lavender Haze. And I think I would like it even more. I mean, chasing that high from Cruel Summer to me is a fool's errand. I know. Alright, next. Maroon. I fuck with this song so heavy, it cannot be emphasized enough. This hmm. song, to me... Cut, cut to Annie in the last episode saying... I claimed it. Would I claim it again? No. I cut that part out. Yeah, you know, I was a different person then. It was a different time. I was naive. I didn't know what I who I was. I didn't know what I wanted in life. Um, as a maroon purist from the beginning. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Hi, horse. I still, I still love this. I think it's one of the my favorite refrains on this whole album. Is the Marked I saw on my collarbone the grew between telephones. Lips I used to call home so scarlet was maroon. I think that's so beautiful. This song is the one that spiraled both of my rabbit holes. So can we go into the rabbit holes? Yes, please. Okay. So in my notes here, I just wrote, she mentions New York so much. And so then I thought to myself, I wonder how many times through Taylor Swift's entire discography, <laughs> she says the word town, towns, city, cities, or mentions a specific city like New York. So I <laughs> went through her entire discography last night and found what I think is every single mention. Annie, I'm going to have you guess how many you think in total. I just counted it once. So if it shows up in a song once, it counts. So it's not the number of times, it's the number of tracks, if okay. that makes sense. Yep. I did not include any singles. So like the Christmas songs, we I don't refuse acknowledge, to acknowledge. that yeah. They're not canon. <laughs> I also didn't include vault tracks. but i did include the 3am tracks because to me that's just like a deluxe version of the album someone else has done this and i have the wrong number don't tell me Um, (laughs) stay out of our dms i will fall apart (laughs) i am very fragile right now just the sheer number of hours you spent doing this okay number of tracks okay so out of her whole discography which we're talking in the hundreds i was gonna say i think it's like 200. yeah how many um i'm gonna say 56. Oh, you're not actually that far off. You Ooh. go go down. 42. Go up by two. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun game. Let's keep this going. 44? Ding, 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 ding. Wow, I guess. I should have made you see if you can guess all of them that are in uh, Midnight's. Because Midnight's is the album that I think might have the most. My notes make no sense. Now that I'm looking back on them and they're chicken strats. If somebody found this, this they like would be... This is like Charlie Day from Always Sunny. They would sunny. be so concerned. Yeah, she just, it's a lot. The other thing with maroon is the line, the lips I used to call home, so scarlet. And that prompted another thought. How many times in her discography does she mention red lips in some way, shape, or form? Because that's her thing. Mm -hmm. It's iconic, with a capital I. But how many times actually are there lyrics? So I counted one, two, three, four, five. Can you, Annie, guess all five? The lips I used to call home so scarlet. I gave that one to you away for free. That's why I'm starting with it. Okay. Here's the truth from my red lips. Yep. From Endgame's Mm -hmm. reputation. Red lip classic. Thing that you like. Style, 1989. I don't know. Tell me. So from red, we have the moment I knew. Oh, of course I'm not going to get that one. That song sucks. Okay. (laughs) We don't have time for this today. (laughs) In red lipstick. And then wildest dreams. Could you quick power rank those for me? Least favorite to favorite. Well, obviously the Moment I knew was last. Clearly. Clearly. As yes, we've just established. <laughs> I also thought glitch because she says blood moon. She says lit. blood moon lit. Oh, yeah. believe me, I found that out because <laughs> I was like, oh, oh believe I me. I thought it was my favorite mm-hmm. until I came into today and was like, fuck. I mean blood moon lips would mean you're dead. <laughs> if your lips were blue. Blood Moon is a oh. red moon. <laughs> Moonstone Lips is what I was thinking. See, we're not good at this. Anyway, so power ranking, I would say Wildest Dreams is one. Maroon is two. Then Style. Then Endgame. Then Moment I Know. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> Love when my opinions are correct. So that concludes the Mari has too much time on her hands spiral. All right. Track three. <laughs> Antihero. Okay. So the internet has made it so that this song is always in my timeline i will scroll through the screaming at the sky instagram page and it is like hi it's me it's me it's me every person has done a video which i love i love that for us we love the song it's relatable it's all it's about us and it is because we're all incredibly unwell however i'm getting to that point now where i'm like okay but i still love it i wrote In my notes, very similar to yours, written to go viral. Mm. Like I think, I mean, you can read a bunch of think pieces. I am not the first person to say this, but there's this pressure, especially on female artists to create content that will go viral on TikTok. I don't think the studio, when she said, I want to write this album, told her you need to come up with at least one track, which very much would have happened early in her career. Yes. Even some well-established artists Mm -hmm. like Adele has spoken about. The, yeah. Her company being like, "Can you create some TikToks?" And her being like, "I'm sorry, you want me to do fucking what now?" She's like, "My music is for people who are 30 and in therapy." That's yeah. what she said. Yes, in, an in yeah. response. Yeah. So I don't think anybody outside of Taylor told her to write a viral hit. I think she wanted to. Yeah. And so she did. And like, there's nothing. Again, there's nothing wrong with that because we love the song. All right, snow on the beach. Mm. Did we just skip it. <laughs> what's what's are you talking about? I've never even. Do you like the beach? <laughs> I prefer like, it in summer. No, I'm, I am know. I'm, oh. I'm just genuinely asking, are you a beach person? Yeah, I love the beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to vacation, go on to vacation. If you're going on vacation, somewhere warm. Again, you were never a child. <laughs> if you were going on to a vacation, <laughs> let's say. Let's say you humans do that, right? Uh, um, with a shirt on? No. <laughs> you wear a swimsuit to the beach. That was a test. <laughs> a robot <laughs> test. Anyway. You are a lounge. Like, if you're yes. going somewhere warm, you don't want days of activities. You're like, I bought this plane ticket to lay Look me on in my this. face <laughs> and ask me if you think I want a day of activities from all we've been through. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. I also am the lay on the beach oh, person. Okay.
1: Look at those. Yeah. You I also
0: prefer, I, I wrote, do you like the beach? That's alien behavior. <laughs> it's writing down questions to ask, ask humans today do you like beach do you have on a vacation a beach time for to have no shirt you wear this i know (laughs) oh i'm crying okay okay all right try number five uh we just don't that's it um (laughs) no i still i'll say what i said justice justice for lana i thought vigilante shit The line like, ladies always rise above. That should have been sang by Lana for sure. That should have been her feature. She should have sang it by her fucking self. Not like a ghost in the trunk of Taylor Swift's car. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Track five. You're on your own, kid. I. song's about Lana Del Rey. (laughs) Just out there in the trenches. Wow. Absolutely. I think, trying to be serious for just a second, (laughs) this song feels like her old school writing where she says the same thing kind of over and over again in the two verses and then in the bridge she flips it which Mm -hmm. I think is a classic Taylor one-two punch where it's like the first verse is I walked through the parties of better bodies to find that you never cared and then the second verse is I walked through the parties better bodies to learn that my dreams aren't rare Mm -hmm. and then she goes I hosted parties and I starved my body Mm -hmm. and I just think that that is so it's just very Taylor Uh, Yeah, I love You're on Your Own, Kid. I like the pace of it. Mm -hmm. I have found in this album that sort of, like, horse trot pace is really, like, doing it for me. that's a good description. Yeah, whereas in the past, especially the Evermore folklore era, I was, like, slow and sad, twist the knife over the course of four straight minutes. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. Um, But, like this kind of rebirth concept of talking about something that's maybe sad but in like a different pace i've been really enjoying and this is a good example of that and i do love the narrative shift like you talked about where it's like the sad growth of like how sort of isolated you can feel as a kid or as a teenager and like your body's not right the guy you like doesn't like you back and all these things that everyone's gone through Um, And then to be like, oh, but you should still, like, trust people. You should still, like, invest in friendships. You should still have your heart on your sleeve, even though all this shitty stuff's going to happen. Because, you know, you can face it and it'll be good later. So, anyway, I think this song is precious and wonderful. Midnight Rain. Rain. (laughs) I, this song has grown on me. I think in the beginning, I was a little thrown off by the weird vocalizations in the beginning. I said at one point I wanted more. I still hold on to that. Not more like production, more just length. I would have liked it to be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I did right here. Is this her most neutral? Like, is this her most neutral song about a, a, a past love? I was, I was trying to think, what do you mean by neutral? Neutral. Like, not like overly... unemotional? Yeah, like, not overly sentimental, not overly happy, not overly sad. It, it happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's... Well, it happened! Which I think is a, a valid thing to try to write a song about, because there are relationships like that. Question. Ugh. The question is, why is the example of being kissed in a crowded room, and then 15 seconds later, your friends are making fun of you, and then they were clapping, too. Why are we... To me, it's Juvenile. Again, I said this in the last one. It reminds me of Fearless. That's like a teenage dream and wish. I This would be like if I wrote a song and was like, remember when we were in line at the salad place today and then they asked me if I wanted croutons and I said no thank you. Okay. <sighs> I'm not going to fully agree with you. I don't think it's... It's just so like, This okay. at least is slightly more romantic. But still. I think what Andy and I agree on is the song would be better if you, one, took out the aggressive fo- use of the word fuck because it's jarring and it doesn't fit. And if you went... Can I ask you a question? Have you ever had someone kiss you in a crowded room? And then what did you do? Yeah. Did you leave her house in the middle of the night? If you just cut out mm-hmm. that 15 second thing, I like this song 15% more. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh God, I like 3% it. more. 45% concentrated power of will. And this is one, it's towards the bottom for me. Mm-hmm. But I do love that bridge with the when she pitches her voice up and it like goes up the voice modulator. And right. But tonight. Right. Yeah, I like that. Vigilante shit. If I want to listen to Fuck You Taylor, mm-hmm. I'm putting Reputation on. I think Vigilante shit is just like so cunning and it's like this super just, I want exactly who this song is about to know it's about them. Mm-hmm. It gives, this is a Game of Thrones reference so you won't get it, but it definitely gives <laughs> Tell Cersei It Was Me, I want her to know that I killed her, her son. Like. If if you're wondering how your ex-wife found out and also who let the FBI know. It was me. It it was me. Hi. Hi, It's me. (laughs) Hi. I'm the narc. I'm the (laughs) And I just love that. And my other rude awakening of this song was that the um, Ladies Always Rise Above part in the middle where I was like, it reminds me of something. Unfortunately, what it reminds me of is Melanie Martinez, which is not great, but it doesn't ruin it for me overall. I still love this song. I think that's fair. Number nine is Bejeweled. Mm -hmm. I don't think we need to say a lot on this. We fucks with it then, we fucks with it now. We will fucks with it forever. In perpetuity. I love this song. Best believe. I said, I I literally wrote, I have nothing bad to say about this song. It's perfect and I will hear nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was expecting you to comment with a hot take. Um, Yeah, just listen to Bejeweled and think of us. Speaking of criticisms, uh, Labyrinth. Fucking edit that noise out. I I don't like it. (laughs) Pulls me out every single time I hear it. I think this song is pretty if you take it out. But I love her in that, like, whispery register. It goes Mm. almost too high. But one thing, vocally speaking, the range of this song is wild. She goes all the way to the top of her range and all the way to the bottom in one song. This, This has the most vocal flexibility that she's doing let me take. tell you i was humbled trying to sing this song in the shower <laughs> oh i would not even attempt. it sounded like an animal was being murdered <laughs> number 11 is karma it's my boyfriend i have had the biggest journey with this one okay. this one and midnight rain i think are the two i now love this song i said it was immature it is immature. I have just become less mature to enjoy this song. That's I what I, de- I have devolved enough. <laughs> I have um, devolved as a person. I wrote, I take back what I said. This is a bop, not a flop. And I underlined not. And I wrote it in all capital letters. And then my <laughs> next bullet point is karma is my boyfriend. And those are the two notes I have in this song. Not a flop. Always loved karma. So now you can rub it in my face. And now I can rub your face in <laughs> face. <laughs> See how wrong you were? Uh, no, I love that it's petty i love that it's a bob. and again like i'm just like really feeling like these up-tempo songs are this like palette cleanser i didn't know i needed Mm -hmm. this is very unlike me to want this (laughs) like like, am i happy i don't what (laughs) What is this emotion (laughs) my frown is upside down should i see a doctor boom boom sweet nothing I have come around a little bit on this one. Same. I literally wrote, this song is growing on me. It's growing on me. I was bored. I was like, we said, lover 2.0, we were kind of like, okay, this is a song they wrote together just to do it because they're in love with each other. <laughs> this isn't really for us. <laughs> um, but I do love the outside they push and shoving. So you're in the kitchen humming. All what? they ever wanted yeah. from me was to them. That line is really sweet. And I also just love the, and to you I can admit, that I'm just too soft for all of it. I think they enjoyed writing together and so they wanted to keep doing that and that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to find a creative outlet that you and a partner can do together because so much of creativity sometimes is solitary again it's not if i'm looking for the up tempo fast songs on this album that's not going to be what i'm going to play but every time when i've listened through the album and it comes on i'm just like in my kitchen and i'm like yeah it's very cute mastermind i wrote one word And it is perfection and i wrote a period i'm surprised it wasn't underlined i know same i need to fix this (laughs) where's the pen (laughs) uh yeah love mastermind i have a friend that doesn't like mastermind and i have let her know that she is wrong there is one thing that is jarring in this song which is Mm. that you're building like okay like oh i set the plans in motion like the first time i saw you i knew i wanted you and then it's like played with me as a little kid it just gets real like uh, because didn't you say it's supposed to shift from talking about boyfriend to talking to us to by us do you mean me, you and me or yes, they specifically <laughs> marie and annie i have something to confess uh no i yes. it is jarring it's a little jarring but i just love i'm only cryptic and machiavelli because i care mm-hmm. I think someone said if this song were written by a man, we would all be deeply concerned and that's 100% true. Like how many windows is she peering through? (laughs) Overall, this song is great, 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 great. So as a whole, the first 13 have grown on us and now let's talk about the bonus tracks. The Great War is the first one. I have gone on a journey with this. It was a long, unexpected journey. Is that the Hobbit line? (laughs) An unexpected journey? Yep. (laughs) Much like Bilbo, I was reluctant to go on this journey. I didn't particularly want to. Let's keep Um, this going. I have decided after much reflection that it is about her history and constantly being betrayed or in her view being betrayed or constantly having her heart broken, having her name dragged through the mud so that when she met. Joe, which could have been really anybody, but when she met this person and they didn't do any of those things, she was suspicious and that she was on the offensive. She thought it was a war. Everything's a battle. Everything's the end-all be-all. There's just a lot of illusions to me of her being in a one-sided fight. And then ultimately it ends with that, like, I've I knocked you to the ground and you looked up at me with honor and truth. So I called off the troops. That was the night I almost lost you. My only <laughs> feedback about the Great War is... Crimson and Clove, uh-huh. That, to me, stands out. Like, there's all of these poetic war metaphors and all of these emotional lyrics like Murray just so eloquently explained. And then, uh (laughs) uh-huh. To me, the two, the contrast is wild. Do I like this song? Yes, but in a truer sense, no. (laughs) I do not like this song. I might just not want to like this song. It's just a lot for me. It's like she's trying too hard, almost. Where I'm like, we get it. There, I got it. <laughs> okay, it's a war. It's a skipper for me. Skipper. Okay, who's next on the old 3am? Bigger than the whole sky. Oh my gosh. Still sad. You had talked about this in an earlier episode, is how she can say such simple things that pack such a punch. And to me, this song is a really good example of it with the did somebody take you from me because I didn't pray? Mm-hmm. That, that very simple idea that I think a lot of people experience, no matter what the grief or loss is, whether it's temporary, whether it's permanent, the relationship to the, the thing or person that you've lost, is that, did I take this for granted? Because I didn't pray, because I wasn't thankful? Is it my fault? Yeah. It's such a powerful idea. And she's singing in that kind of folklore ever more breathy. You were talking about it earlier, the breathiness that you like. She's in that range in this song. This is, to me, an example of someone pouring their heart and brain out. The way that she describes grief, anyone who's felt it is like, yes, this is the perfect way to describe how that feels. The regret, the anger, the sadness, the what could have been, all of these feelings at once. And it's so, like, pretty. Yeah, every single thing to come has turned into ashes. Oh, I just got shivers. Yeah, everything I touch becomes sick with sadness. sadness. It to me is just very much a direct line. It's not meant to be about multiple things. It's a it's a song about grief. Yeah, so that's my take on it. I think that people are gonna skip it because they don't want to feel sad. <laughs> you and know, that's fair. And that's fair. And, and there... for those of you who don't want to feel sad, there's the next song. Right, which is Paris. <laughs> Like we were somewhere else. This makes me think of the, is it me? Am I the drama? (laughs) Because this song is so dramatic. Yeah. This is, this feels very 1989 to me when she was in kind of her like, I'm going to write a song that's going to make you probably not like me, but I'm doing it on purpose. You know what I mean? The like shake it off, the (laughs) blank space. Right. That idea. And all the outfits were terrible. 2003 unbearable. I saw someone tweet like, Taylor, you were 11. (laughs) I don't care. So was I. I was younger than 11. I was nine years old. mm -hmm. Um, I said bubblegum pop at its finest. Mm -hmm. I really like this. The one thing I don't like is the line, the sit with me in the shade and not the kind that's thrown, the oh my kind God, of where a tree is grown. So, is so it's so annoying because musically, I like what she's doing in yeah. that line. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what a tree does. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I love that I want to brainwash you into loving me forever. forever. Mm-hmm. I think that line is so good. So and I do fun. like the beginning of the song. I don't have, like, super strong feelings about this song. I think the first time I heard it, I was like, meh. I have grown to like it more, but it's still pretty meh for If me. you're going for the pop, you're going for others. Yeah. You have your bejeweled, You have your anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. We all have our bejeweleds. She did that for us. Um, then we have high infidelity, not high fidelity, as I refer to it every goddamn time I say it, if I don't think about it and hard I'm enough. And I'm like, nope, not that one. Go look up the Jesse McCartney song, leaving when well, you play <laughs> the first 10 seconds of it and then come back to the song no. it's the same like do, 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 do. <clears throat> just i will be vindicated you won't i literally wrote still sounds like that jesse mccartney song from the early 2000s. i have no other notes <laughs> Um, I do, I, I said, put on your records and regret me, and then I wrote A Chef's Kiss with little stars yeah. next to them. This is a perfect example of her packing in a lot of lyrics in mm-hmm. one line, but doing it really well. Like, there was the reference I made to, like, the familiarity breeds contempt of pushing in the basement, word salad. This is very much like a cool way that she does a lot of phrasing and different things. I also love that line. You know, there's many different ways you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. That is very just like... Ugh. Also, the reference to scorekeeping, like how she talks oh, about, yeah. keep. I didn't know you were keeping count. You accused me of freeloading. Oh. I didn't know you were keeping count, but oh, you were keeping count. Yeah, that's all... Yep. That is a folklore evermore line, Let me just go lay in a field for a while. Yeah. Um, I really like this song a lot. I think I liked it right away, if I remember right. We we were jamming with this right away. We were trying to navigate in traffic, but we both kind of like (laughs) circled back to the song. We were like, oh. It's very like Ivy, cheating on your husband. (laughs) Kind of sad lyrics, but again, that idea that it's over kind of a more pop sound. Mm -hmm. That I think we really, really like. Speaking of songs that we really, really like, Glitch. What are you saying we for? (laughs) Speaking of songs that I really, really like, I love the weird stuff that it like cuts out halfway through and comes back in. I love the lyrics. It's Jack and her playing together at their finest. Like this is what they're good at. This is when it works really well with his production style and her writing style. It comes on and I'm like, turn that shit up. Let's go. I think there's been a glitch. I like it more now than I actually remember it. Um, I don't love it still. Mm. I think it's again, this is like the five seconds later I'm fastening myself to you with a stitch, that line. I'm like, why does it have to be five seconds? Like, why can't it just be like I think it's supposed to be like there's something's wrong. I shouldn't be attached to you so quickly. Sure. I know, but five seconds later for some reason is tripping me up. Blood but it's, moonlit, meow, meow. Must be counterfeit. I love this song. I will hear nothing else. <laughs> um well, I get my, my glitch. And mm-hmm. you get now the floor, undivided attention on should've, could've, would've. Could've, should've, would've. I wrote it down and now I'm not confident that that's the name of it. Should've, could've, would've. Great. I seed the floor. It's would've, could've, should've. God damn it. <laughs> the floor. I'll take the floor because this song sends me into fucking orbit. This song makes me want to kick the door off its hinges while i am sobbing uncontrollably and i just start stabbing random men on the street that's what the song makes me feel like if you could see fly on the wall in my car when this song comes on i become another person i am screaming the lyrics of this song did i have a 32 year old date me when i was 19 no do i know john mayer no but if i see him it's on site Just this song gets me so fucking hyped up. This is a perfect combination of her two things I think she does the best, where she creates a visual symbol of something that punches you in the soul, Mm -hmm. that's more abstract, and she says something very plainly. For example, the more sort of symbolism the tomb won't close stained glass windows in my mind and then she goes on to say i regret you all the time the line i regret you all the time literally feels like a dagger through my face i don't know why it's just so simple it's like such a simple idea to think of someone who was 19 when this happened and now being in their 30s and just spending every day regretting that like and not being able to let it go and just reliving it fighting with them in her sleep I mean all of these sort of tortured feelings years of tearing down our our banners from from somebody who should have known better who should have just left her alone absolutely I think perfect execution to explain that feeling and again I think the melody of this song and the pacing like I was saying before like that sort of like horse's trot where it's just like this consistent build to this part where she's screaming about giving back her girlhood I like almost punch a hole through my windshield. Like I am so, by the time that part is happening, I shouldn't even be driving. I'm a danger to myself and others. That pain in her voice is still so fresh for this. And I think it's, it it could have been anybody. It doesn't even have to be him. It just happened to be him. But that idea of, as a young woman, wanting to be perceived as a grown up woman and doing things that looking back on it, you're like, why like why did I do that and why did everybody around me let this happen and why did society pin it back and flip it all on me I think it's also like the nothing new line of they tell you while you're young girls go out and have your fun and then they shoot down the ones that actually do it that idea of I I tried to grow up and you took advantage of that and you should have known better and now being 32 herself looking back on it I just think of the Demi Lovato line of the like I'm finally 29 and 17 would never cross my mind. And, you know, it does call out that sort of predatory idea, Mm -hmm. right? Just because someone's quote unquote legal doesn't mean they're not too young. The thing I wanted to touch on what you said was that you can hear this pain in her voice. I think what I love about it is that you can hear the pain, but it's also she's so strong. And I just in terms of like her catalogue and just the songwriting of this, I will say the refrain and stuff she repeats a few too many times for me. Like now that I've listened to it nine thousand times, I can see that like it's a little repetitive at the end. But otherwise I I would put this close to the top ten all-time songs for me. Yeah, it's really, really good. And again, I think that I think I know which which song you're bumping. If you're bumping one up to the original thirteen, I think it's gotta be this one. Right? Oh god, yeah when we do the episode of her most powerful lyrics, or the, ones, the songs that make us cry the most, I think this one this <laughs> is will me crying. definitely... This Is Me Crying. Yeah, yeah the episode title. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. I think that she should have just ended the tracks there, but instead we get Dear Reader as the last track. But instead... I don't... This doesn't add anything to me. This is Marjorie 2.0. I know you <gasps> like Marjorie, and so do I, which is why I didn't need another one. However... I will put an asterisk, and I will say I like the idea of her telling her fans, "Don't look to me for everything. I can't save your life. Like I can't. I, you can't put me on this pedestal. I don't want to be there. I'm a person. And like, just trying to humanize herself, right? Yeah. Like just saying, like never take advice from someone who's falling apart. And then also the line, "You wouldn't take my word for it if you knew who was talking." So like she's got her own demons, her own flaws and battles, and like insecurities and toxic traits just like anybody and she's been so pedestalized by her fans i don't, I don't think she's got any desire to be back on the, the pre-reputation pedestal no. that she got knocked out of but i think this song is a reflection of that yeah it's like she was on it and she was scared to lose it and then she lost it and now she's like okay oh, oh, actually this is kind of great <laughs> that sucked um so those are the the 3am tracks i wish she would have just come out with the whole thing i get 13 tracks i get the significance of it but i i would have just liked it to be a 20 track album yeah i think it's it's tacked on because it's not necessarily the the same vibe yeah like she definitely did want to go back to some you know lover 1989 pop but also wanted to have some quill some quill time it was clearly finding her sound i think she said that when she talked about it like these were songs that were made along the journey that just didn't make it to the final cut which i appreciate the insight into the the songwriting so ultimately i'm very happy with the midnight's 3 a.m I know we said at the end of the last episode that we're not as full as we were when (laughs) When we we ate (laughs) Folklore and Evermore, and I think that's still true. Would you say there's no crumbs? There are a couple crumbs. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. But ultimately, I do really, really like it, and I would rather have – I would always take more Taylor over no Taylor. Oh, yeah. So – I'm happy she did this. She holds the top 10 spots on the global plays. Right now, it's insane. This Mm -hmm. album is doing a lot record-breaking-wise. But does anyone remember Men? I sure don't. It's the first time in history. Yeah. Good riddance. We don't need you. She should have just invited some other friends up on the top 10 with her. Let's get some Beyonce up there. Yeah, let's Let's get get some Rihanna. We need that new Rihanna. She's climbing. That one song she wrote for (laughs) Black Panther. It's coming. It's coming. Very happy with this. And I think you said it perfectly. It slots right in really does. I loved this addition to the yeah. catalog. I took the approach, like, when I was waiting for Evermore to drop, I was like, my life depends on the <laughs> it, it Midnight, no, our lives did not the catalog. No, I, I was just, just like, I'm excited. It was exciting, and it was really fun. I didn't take it too seriously, despite all of the things I just said. Um, How can I could do without the midnight mayhem thing? Yeah, I get it, it was a great promotional Listen, tactic. we've got a capitalist queen on our hands. She is going for our bag, and Good God! You can have it. Being yeah. Up, going for the bag tour that dropped today. I got in the presale registration immediately. Mari got the maybe wait three to five business years and you'll get in. Um, I have faith that I'll get a registration code because it's open till the ninth. But yes, yes, it's the Eras tour. She is coming to our city, which is very exciting. The other thing that's dropped recently based on the Bejeweled music video as kind of the last thing I think we can touch on before we wrap up is that Speak Now has basically been confirmed as the next Taylor's version through a variety of visual clues in the Bejeweled music video. If you are a fan, you already know. Like I said, trying to count the number of Speak Now Easter eggs in the Bejeweled music video was like trying to drink from a fire hose. It was one after after the other after the other after the other. I am thrilled. I have spoken about how sentimental Speak Now is to me. It encapsulates my high school experience. It encapsulates my soccer days. There's just a lot of weird spirit parts scrunchies. of my spirit crunchy, shirts on, <laughs> um, elements to Speak Now that I just really love. And I think it's some of her best classic Taylor songwriting. And I cannot wait. For the vault tracks. So the rumors were that in her Speak Now songwriting era, she wrote approximately a hundred songs and then had to filter them down and refine them out to be what we now know as the Speak Now complete album. If that's true, <laughs> I'm not implying that we're gonna have, you know, 80 vault tracks. I'm just saying it's a target-rich environment. There's gonna be, it's gonna fuck up my whole life. And haunted. And haunted hits. hits. It got its hooks in me right away. I'm also very excited for the story of Us because I love that song. Next chapter. Next chapter. We are very ready for Speak Now. I'm happy at Speak Now. I think because we got Midnight's, I'm satisfied with my pop tailor and we can go back to kind of Mm -hmm. early country pop tailor and i had my torches and pitchforks out for 1989 for months before midnight's was released i was like where (laughs) is it give it to me but now that it's speak now and that i know it's speak now i'm excited and i again i can also wait for 1989 now this was a definitely a good little appetizer to hold us over um, I also am excited for Enchanted Taylor's version because that song reminds me of you. <gasps> I love Enchanted. I know. It's my favorite. And it's a rare time where you were like, I love this song and I didn't go, this is stupid. Yeah, it's true. It's one of the <laughs> only times you've been like, I'll let you have this. All right. This is cute. I guess you can have this. I um, you can have one song as a treat. Next week, we're going to try to get on a regular posting schedule. Yep friends and family listening every like Friday I think trying to get it up and we have some other ideas for things we want to do look up the screaming at the sky with one Y" mm-hmm. podcast on Instagram and we're also on Twitter and have literally no retweets <laughs> no likes nothing. you're truly screaming at the sky over on Twitter as is everybody on every that time site. I open Twitter I say to myself you're on your own kid you're on your own kid <laughs> tune in again next week